Hey fellas, for this opening act of an episode recorded from the comfort of my bedroom, we discuss the authenticity of this podcast, what it means to be a content creator and a consumer, and how it is a pain in the butt to be the former in a Zoomer's diary. Now, let me tell you something about making a podcast. Now, of course, the thing is with doing a podcast, usually the content is not about making the podcast itself because that's a little dumb. Um, But the best thing, I just rub my microphone with my headset. That's great. The best thing about making a podcast is if it's enough of a pain in the butt, then you can make that your content. Let me tell you guys, I have never had more tabs open in my life like ever. I... I had a total of like 34 tabs open, half of them weren't loading, and the other half were just questions, just just questions, so, you know, it was really a journey making this, but uh, welcome to Azumar's Diary, I'm Ed Batiz, your lovely gracious host, I guess I'm a host now, and of course, this first episode is going to be about finding our footing, but of course, as with every great podcast, there has to be some level of discussion. And so to guide our discussion so far in this episode, we're going to talk about what it means to be a content creator and a content consumer. Um, Now, of course, this is all coming from the perspective of a Zoomer, a Zoomer who is a sophomore in high school at this point and is just talking into a microphone freeform. So I hope this offers some level of insight into how we think or some level of insight into how we operate. Because Honestly, I've noticed that a lot of content being consumed is not of Zoomers. Now, of course, there is TikTok, the absolute megalo, that's not the right word. What's the right word? I'm sure people are shouting at me about the right word. Is an absolutely giant piece of content creation that just churns out content all the time. And a lot of the creators there are, you know, Zoomers and people my age. But I've noticed a lack of podcasts. So I decided to fill that vacuous hole. And I guess... One thing that kind of motivated me to make this is that to be a content creator and to be a content consumer are two very different things. Now, of course, you can be both. There are both. Of course, some of the best, do you think, am I saying that some of the best content creators in the world don't consume content? Of course not. No. But to be a content, I'd say every content creator is a consumer, but not every consumer is a content creator. So to finally differentiate yourself between the two and to pick a side, for me, it'd be the former, is really important, I think, in kind of setting up life that makes zero sense. Give me a second. I'm, I'm just, I just rode myself into a wall. Also, here's the thing about this podcast. Um, there is no script it is just some guided questions I come up with, and then the rest of it is just me hoping not to fall off and die off the tracks. So let me regain my train of thought. But meanwhile, while I regain my train of thought, I'm just going to talk about something random. I have a Michael Jordan picture right in front of my wall. Uh, I got it from my uncle a couple years back. He said it was signed, but honestly, we looked up the signature. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. It looks kind of weird. It looks kind of funky. Oh, yeah, what was I talking about? Ah, yeah, that's right, content creation. You can sit at home and scroll for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on end, and you're not, you don't feel like you're accomplishing anything because you're just consuming content. And of course, some of that content can be informational, some of that uh, content can be educational, of course. But at the end of the day, you're watching somebody else do something and you're consuming somebody else's content. So I guess 
being the person on the other side of the screen. And this is a question I ask myself all the time, and I'm sure other people can ask themselves this question. And that question is this, what does it take to be the other person or to be the person on the other side of the screen? What does it take to be the person that is getting doom scrolled, right? Instead of the person doom scrolling, what does it take to be the person that is being doom scrolled on? What does it take to be the person that shows up in the feed of the people, you know? And so I think this was just to show the people what's up, show the people what a Zoomer content creator is like, because really, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty. And, you know, to maintain some semblance of professionalism in this podcast, I probably should have done some research. I'm sure there's some. And you know what? Just because uh, this podcast is authentic, I'm going to look it up right now. Zoomer... I'm sure you can hear the clacking of my keyboard right now, but you know what? That's what makes this podcast authentic. Zoomer content creators. Watch, these search results are gonna be wonderful. I'm gonna I'm gonna either never hear of these people and you neither will either, that sentence made no sense, or I'm gonna know exactly who these people are. Addison Ray. Is Addison Ray Gen Z? Wait a minute. Oh my gosh, guys, I don't even know the definition of Gen Z. Wait, hold up, I gotta open up another tab. Give me a second. How old I missed, you know, typing with one hand on a keyboard is really tough in the challenge. Stay along for the ride, because really, an authentic podcast is all about going from the beginning to the end. Okay, I put in how old in the auto search. Uh, turned out to be how old is Mr. Beast. He's 24. Mr. Beast is 24? No way. Okay, how old is Gen, Gen, don't worry guys, I got this, I'm not dyslexic, Gen Z, <sighs> Generation Z at 1997, okay, so 1997, that's to now, so the oldest Gen Zer is going to be 23, 25 years old, someone check my mouth on that, I know you can't, but you know what, it's alright, because I'm the only one here, I'm just gonna say that I'm right. The oldest Gen Zer is 25 years old. So Addison Ray does go into that. With 38.3 million on Instagram, 81.1 million on TikTok. God damn. Bretman Rock from Hawaii, 16.6 million followers. He is 22. Brooklyn and Bailey McKnight. McKnight. Charlie D'Amelio is 17 years old. Emma uh, Chamberlain is 20 years old. Why does she not have a shirt in that picture? Sorry. Anyways, I just pulled up. Okay. Thank you. Open influence, uh, on your wonderful, uh, provision of help. Oh, Jojo C was 18. Kylie Jenner is a part of Gen Z. I just gave myself a definition, definition of Gen Z. And yet I'm still surprised. Kylie Jenner is 23 years old. God. Wow. Okay. That is really surprising. So yeah, zoomer content creators are definitely prevalent. But I'm just saying, one that's in the younger range, that is a teenager at this point, halfway through high school, wait a minute, I show speed is 15, isn't he? How old, we're going back to the keyboard for this one, this might be a little segment, how old is, trust me, and you know, as time goes on, I should probably uh, look these up beforehand, but the thing is, I don't even know what I'm going to be looking up beforehand, because it is just coming out straight out of the butt. How old is I show speed? I show speed is 17 years old. All right, you know what? We're counting him. All right, that's understandable. I showed Speed is a great Twitch streamer, by the way. If you haven't seen him, go check him out. His humor is certainly uh, for not for the fan of heart, and by that I mean it's 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 Gen Z humor. Humor. It's really just absolute chaos. So, Zoomer content creators are prevalent, but 
is there one on a podcast? I think with this, I wanted to provide people with, you know, like a way of a little insight, uh, a, a little door into how kind of we think and how we got to process the world around us. Really, it's just a discussion with a Zoomer. And because of that, our next segment is going to be talking about authenticity. Fellas, how authentic should your podcast be? I don't know. I'm not giving advice. I'm the one making this podcast. The authenticity on this podcast is through the roof. Let me tell you, I am currently recording right now in front of a Blue Yeti mic with my monitor in front of me, keyboard to my left, mouse to my right, my piano to my right, to my further right, Michael Jordan picture in front of me. I don't even know why that's there. There's a salt rock lamp. There's a piece of play scissors that my sister left in here. I'm currently in my room, light on. There is no soundproof uh padding around my room there is no little mechanical what's the thing called like mechanical arm that like all right we're going back to the keyboard mechanical mechanical arm for your microphone mechanical arm for your microphone you know what i'm not even gonna go through the trouble of looking up the definition because i'm just gonna call it that a mechanical arm on my microphone there is none it is on my desk in front of me there is the sense of professionalism is a little bit lacking but let me tell you the authenticity Makes up for it, I think, right? And I think the authenticity is really what's important here because nobody likes, I mean, that's a lie. People do like it. Joe Rogan, absolutely insane, that man. Put on a massive numbers. And, you know, he has, an, he has a studio. He has an office. He has a little mic with a microphone and he has uh, tons of weed. That doesn't count for professionalism, by the way. Uh, I'm not voicing my opinion on that, but authenticity is still important to a podcast and which is why I mean to me it's important because the other person feels more human the other person feels more down to earth to you and the other person kind of feels closer to you they're not they're not achieving this godlike level status right you're just not like Dwayne the Rock Johnson walking into a 7-eleven right ready to buy some two kilo Gatorade that made zero sense two kilo Gatorade is that even a thing all right we're going back to the thing largest amount of Gatorade, largest amount of Gatorade available for purchase. I know that the largest cup is like a 64 ounce double gulp, or no, team gulp cup at 7-Eleven. I don't know what that is. Largest amount of Gatorade that you can purchase. Stick around for the answer, folks, because I'm curious myself. Largest amount of Gatorade you can purchase. Now, we are going to see how much Gatorade is it available for purchase because I might be drinking that. Largest, the largest gator set, 128 ounces. That's like, I'm American. Someone, tra- someone, someone translate that. What is that in American? How big is 128 ounces? Thirst quencher is at 128 ounces. You know, and then also with this podcast, you're going to see that I am not as smart as I think I am. But an important thing to note here is that I am dumb, not stupid. I will be repeating that. It will be on my gravestone. It will be my motto. These are my words to live by. I am dumb, not stupid. 128 ounces. How big is 128 ounces? Eight pounds. That is not what I... (laughs) That is not what I wanted to know. How many... Okay. Four, 32 ounces. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Four gallons, 128 ounces. I'm going to go to images here, and we're going to see this... God, dude, that's available in a Gatorade bottle? Is that healthy? 
is Gatorade, is that really, really healthy? 128 ounces of Gatorade. Now, of course, Gatorade, it's like, yeah, this Gatorade, it's something you drink for, for health. Guys, is Gatorade really healthy, though? Let's be honest. You know, it's funny. As I'm saying that, I'm looking into my Michael Jordan portrait, and I'm seeing that the sponsorship on the back, this is a portrait of his uh, infamous uh, free throw dunk from, or free throw dunk, yeah, dunk from the free throw line. Um... And the sponsorship on the uh, the main mid-screen thing. Oh, boy. I'm losing out on my vocabulary right now. It's leaving my brain. No! No, come back, please! Nope. It's gone. The big thing in the middle of basketball stadiums at the top where they have the screen and stuff. Yeah, that. The Jumbotron! Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the Jumbotron. The sponsorship on the Jumbotron is Gatorade Thirst Quencher. So, oh, boy. Time really is a flat circle. Oh my goodness. 120 ounces. Okay, let's see the ingredients. Is Gatorade really healthy? What does Google have to say about that? Is Gatorade really... What am I doing? I am going completely off the rails here. Oh yeah, we're talking about what it means to be a content creator. Or are we talking about authenticity? Authenticity. Oh yeah, authenticity. Uh, speaking of authenticity, I'm going to give you a little biographical information about myself. Because obviously, that is the most interesting uh, thing to know. Well, let me tell you, I am 15. I'm in my sophomore year of high school. It is currently second quarter. And let me tell you, it certainly is high school. And I think this was something else I wanted to talk about is how high school is portrayed, 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 portrayed. There we go. There's an R in there. How high school is portrayed in uh, media and TV and shows and I don't know, podcasts is so vastly different than how it is in real life. And yeah, of course, you know, adults say that all the time. It's not like the movie. It's not like the movies, but to hear it from someone going through it halfway, hopefully will give a little more oomph to that claim because it really isn't. I went into freshman year of high school completely brainwashed by content, believing that high school was going to be this over-dramatized experience with clicks, with, I mean, there are clicks, with drama. Okay, maybe there's a little bit of drama, but still not as bad as high school with, uh, you know, overly wacky characters and zany care. Um, yeah, some of the people there are weird. I'm weird. I got, you know, I got called eccentric by someone. Someone was unable to describe, I got off topic again. Um, and clear like challenges and goals that need to be solved, which I mean, yeah, of course there are that's school. That's what schoolwork is. But I mean, in the social aspect, high school in the social aspect is not represented clearly enough in content and media. But then again, you don't really know what the social, you know, the, the social environment is going to be in high school because it's subjective to everybody. You could think that everybody hates you. You could think that everybody loves you. But at the end of the day, unless the person tells you directly, you don't really know how everybody sees you. And high school was so dramatized dramatized to me as a youth that coming into it freshman year, fresh out of eighth grade, was honestly a jarring experience and an insane wake-up call. Because I had never thought in a million years that high school would be the way it is now. It's it's really hard to describe. And I'm sure people that have gone through high school recently can easily test to it. It's not like the movies. It's not like the shows. Clicks aren't as easily defined as they are in movies. People aren't as kind of... They aren't as scripted, if that makes any sense, as they are in content. 
And I think because of the way I perceived high school growing up, when I came into it freshman year, it was actually horrible. Like I felt like nobody liked me. I felt like I was completely unwanted. I felt like nobody was even was appreciating my company at that point. And I really felt like I had no friends, which was strange because I was putting up a character going into high school, which is something a lot of people do. I was putting up a character that was funny, that was, I hate to say it, quirky. Don't ever, quirky, that's, I hate, I'm not like the, I'm not like the other boys. Shut up. I'm saying that to myself. That was, that was just overall like, like a joyful kind of, you're here to make people happy, right? Um, nothing more. I'm not trying to be sad. Um. Um, but I think a part of that over-dramatized nature led to my downfall because people saw me as incredibly weird and not real. And also trying to be the funny guy, I was trying to be the funny guy in like content, in movies, in TV shows. I was trying to be the comedic relief. And obviously that doesn't really translate to real life because real life does not react the same than writing does to you in TV shows. Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm thinking back on it. I don't think it makes sense at all. I think I fumbled like halfway through. Well, you know what? We're going to recover. I was trying to be the comedic relief. And because of that, it led to my downfall because people were like, wow, this guy is kind of weird. And this guy is trying way too hard. And this guy is going out of his way to interact with people. And it's overall not vibing with us. And because of that, it was horrible. Nobody liked me. I had absolutely no friends. And only... When I started chilling out and being calm and uh, being myself, was when I really started to succeed socially. And I think that's when you realize that, and you always hear that lesson all the time, right? It's like, oh, be yourself. Oh, find who you are inside and, and really make that your personality. Who you are as a person is 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 what people should see. Don't, don't try to make a front. Be yourself. And, you know, everything like that. But I think you have to experience it first to believe it. And that's how that's what a lot of experiences are. A lot of the time, you can be you can be given the best advice in the world. But at the end of the day, if you haven't experienced it yourself, then you're not going to know. Like, do you think when the caveman first discovered fire, do you think, like, oh, that's a bad example because nobody knew about fire back then. I say back then, like, this was a... a definitive historical event where there was a beginning and an end how about this if a kid has a gun right mm, is this controversial i don't know we're just gonna take a deep in the shark's pit shark's pit snake's pit oh boy we're really getting there if a kid is told about a yeah about a gun right you can be that kid can be told all of this stuff about gun there's all of this do not pull the trigger do not point it at everyone do not do this do not do this, 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 this. But until the kid has taken the gun and pulled the trigger and put a hole in the wall, you're not, they're not really going to understand fully, like, what it's capable of. Like, you sometimes have to touch the fire and sometimes you have to burn your hand. And then if you're smart enough and you are slightly, you know, you are, I don't know, moral as a person or a good person. I don't know. It's kind of, I can't say, that's hard for me to say. You kind of have to, sometimes you have to burn your hand on the hot plate, right? <laughs> burn my hand on the hot plate. Speaking of, one time in science, I got to tell you, I was putting, uh, in environmental science, we were putting on a, uh, a hot plate burner because we were making an experiment, right? This experiment was to see if, this is a super basic experiment. It was like 
to see if volume, the difference between volume and mass, and if something in a solid state and a versus a liquid state had different volume or mass, right? Which I mean, the, the answer is obvious to like everybody. Everybody knows that liquid has more volume, except for water, because water is uh, weird and water expands when it's a solid. Fun fact. Um, and I, we were dealing with hot plates, right, to melt our material into liquid because we were all given we all picked different materials. I think we picked. Um, chocolate and we had hot plates set up now none of these hot plates were connected and being me i pretended to put my hot my my hot plate i oh yeah here's the thing by the way if i have two nouns or two letters in a phrase and i think about saying the sentence too much or it just comes out too fast i will switch up the letters so instead of saying like las vegas if i think about it too much i'll say vas Vegas, and it'll just slip out and i won't even it'll just slip, yeah, okay, that's what she said, <laughs> it'll just come out like I intended to say it that way, but I don't, I put my hand on the hot plate as a joke and screamed, right, I grabbed my hand, I was like, oh no, whatever, it wasn't connected, it wasn't hot, no biggie, I thought it was funny, I don't really do these things, I don't really act like a clown to entertain other people, I kind of just do it for myself, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I just do it for myself, and really, that also that's also the thing about like self degrading humor. I don't do it to fish for compliments. I do it because it. I think it's funny, to me at least, and also because it makes a good punchline. Because listen, they like they say somebody else's tra- tragedy can be your comedy. Is that the saying? I don't know. It's something like that. Something about somebody else's tragedy being your comedy. So then if you make your tragedy your comedy, then you win. You succeed at the game. Credits were all you're good. Anyways, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, hot plates. I put my hand on the hot plate. Oh my gosh, I'm burning my hand. It wasn't connected. It wasn't hot. A couple minutes later, like 15 minutes later, I have a material, right? We're doing the experiment. We're recording, you know, that the liquid had more volume, whatever. And I see a hot plate that's not connected. And I let the intrusive thoughts win. And I went full on ooga booga. And I, my impulse took control, right? And I was like, this is going to be funny. Um, and I went up to the hot plate and I put my hand on it and it was like, ah, oh, well, no. Here's the thing about hot plates. And here's the thing about anything hot, generally. <laughs> Even though it's not connected, it is still hot. And I learned this the hard way. Should I have ever had have to learn this? Like, did I, was this necessary for me to learn? Could I have just thought for five seconds and been like, maybe it's still hot? After? No. I, I was just being dumb, not stupid, dumb, and I put my hand on the hot plate, and I went, oh, oh, God, oh, wait, that's hot, ow, ah, ah. and then I burned my hand, it was um, certainly an experience, it was pretty funny, and I learned a valuable lesson that day, and that's, even though something doesn't appear hot, after it's been heated, it is still hot, and I guess you can make some sort of analogy out of that, or some sort of metaphor, if... Okay, wait, 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 wait. If something was given lots of energy, oh my gosh, wow, that is horrible. That is so bad. Okay, if something was heated, just because it's no longer being heated doesn't mean it's not hot. I'm sure you can make some sense of that. Like, if a person is being heated and they are no longer being heated, if you try to talk to them after they're, afterwards, they can still be hot. Does that make any sense? I'm sure it will. To me, all right, listen, guys. To me, it makes sense, so don't question me. 
At Matisse, here at Azuma's Diary, we come up with the greatest metaphors. By we, I mean just me, here in my room with a microphone, Michael Jordan in front of me, salt rock lamp, piano to the right, monitor to the left. You know, we do authenticity here, baby. Welcome to Azuma's Diary. Here's the thing, though. We're not done. We have one more segment. Uh, I haven't put a name to this segment. I'm going to call it uh, Follow Your Dreams. Now, my dream, of course, as I have not succeeded in life yet, or at least I really hope I haven't, and I haven't reached my peak. If I reach my peak now, oh, it's bad. Um, Currently, at the time of this recording, it is right before midterms, uh, and of course, getting unskippable ads about voting when I myself cannot vote on YouTube is uh, absolutely wonderful. And you know, I could read an article about um, midterms, and I look up I looked up news to ha- find some sort of interesting article to read, and of course, everything was political. Uh, so you know, we're just gonna. I just looked up strange stories, and you know what? We're gonna have something interesting. None of you guys can see the picture. But <laughs> it is a black and white motion sensor capture of a Sonoran desert toad. And it is the, the title of this, uh, this, this article is the National Park Service wants humans to stop licking this toad. Why? I don't know. That's where we're going to read it. Why is this segment called Follow Your Dreams? Well, because I possibly, since I haven't succeeded in life yet, did I say that before? I don't even know. Uh... I wanted to be, or I would like to be, I don't know, some far from stream, uh, a voice actor or something. Something with voice, something with acting and the voice. I don't know. Skits, joining college humor, being up on the big stage, joining, you know, uh, organizations like that. Oh man, I could have had a whole discussion about that. Well, it's fine. Authenticity is also about not having a script. Okay. The National. I'm just going to read this dramatically and try to make the best out of this. The National Park Service wants humans to stop licking this toad. There is a picture, a black and white motion sensor capture of a Sonoran Desert Toad. And it says, black and white motion sensor camera capture of Sonoran Desert Toad staring into your soul at Oregon Pipe Cactus National Monument, Arizona. It is certainly staring into my soul. It is just, he's posted up like the one Easter Island egg emoji. And, oh my god. All right. What is this? Okay. Go into almost any park, and there's often reminders to refrain from going near, petting, or feeding wildlife. Not licking strange animals was simply a given. Until now. The National Park Service has added tongue contact with the Sonoran Desert Toad among its various warnings for park visitors. As we say with most things you come across in a national park, whether it be a banana slug, unfamiliar mushroom, or a large toad with glowing eyes in the dead of night, please refrain from licking the agency wrote on facebook this past week should i get a facebook is a facebook really necessary as a zoomer i never really thought about getting a facebook but then the more i see people talking about it i feel like even though it's still facebook i feel like it's still necessary what was it doing oh yeah the toad also known as the colorado river toad is about seven inches in size and carries a weak low pitched ribbit sound as toads do but the creature is far from harmless sonoran desert toads create secrete a potent toxin that can make people sick if they touch it or get the poison in their mouth according to the national park service i'll trust them Despite the risks, some people have discovered that the toad's toxic secretions contain a powerful hallucinogenic known as uh, 5-MEO-DMT. DMT, that's something, right? 
Go to the keep. No, I'll finish this first. In recent years, smoking the amphibian secretions has grown in popularity, popularity so much that the species is even considered threatened, at least in New Mexico, due to collectors that want to use the animal for drug use, according to the state's Department of Game and Fish. A number of public figures have reported experimenting with the toad's extracted toxins. Boxing legend Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson did it? Boxing legend Mike Tyson has spoken about it, and some researchers have even begun to study it for its potential therapeutic benefits. President Biden, Hunter Biden has written about using 5-MeO-DMT therapy as a form of addiction treatment. So, here's the thing. How did they find this out? Did someone lick the toad? Who licked? Who was the first person to lick this toad? Like, okay, let's be honest, guys. The human human evolution is all about standing on the shoulders of giants. At least our evolution that we use to our toad. By evolution, I mean like the progression of society, progression of technology, progression of science, culture, whatever. It was all about standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Which means that at some point, somebody had to milk the cow, you know what I mean? Somebody had to find out that by doing complicated steps with coffee beans makes coffee or some, makes a thing that can make you energetic. And somebody had to see this toad and be like, what happens if I lick it? Man, what a thing. And that was Follow Your Dreams. Uh, what was that segment? Well, I just picked an article and read it in a dramatic voice. Uh, sometimes I'll pick different voices to read it in. Sometimes I'll do probably different ways of saying it, different accents. I don't know. Now, what happens if other people come onto this podcast and we do this segment? Well, we figure it out as we go. Because here at Azuma's Diary, we are authentic. Um, I think, let's see. Well, if someone were to come on and be like, I want to be a firefighter, uh, I'll just... Put, I'll just make like a candle and then I'll narrate as they put it out. I don't know. I'm figuring out as much as you are. Now, that was wonderful. That was really great. I'm really glad we found out that hallucinogenic toads are being licked in uh, a national park. That's really wonderful. But now this podcast must come to a close. I've made my dues about authenticity. I've hopefully made somewhat interesting conversation about content creation and content consumption and how, at least to me, what it means to be a creator and a consumer. And did I hit those all those points now that I'm thinking about it? Probably not. Because at the end of the day, the things in my head, unless I have the vocabulary to make them a reality or to actually say them cannot be understood by others so i can have a worldview in my head thinking that something is working out but in reality nobody else is understanding it, and nobody else knows what i'm saying but hey sometimes the ladies like it confusing <sighs> that made absolutely no sense <laughs> what the hell Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Azumar's Diary. Now, of course, as we gain more support and more feedback, uh, things will get a little, little more professional, a little more structuralized. But at the end of the day, authenticity is what it's all about. Um, in the meantime, though, uh, uh, I gotta go do homework. All right. Peace, fellas.